0: This is the Digital Mindfulness Podcast with me, Lawrence Sampofo. This is session number one. So much for joining me today. This is session number one of the Digital Mindfulness podcast. I'm super excited because my guest today is Tanya Shevitz from Reboot, which organises the National Day of Unplugging. It's a day in which, for 24 hours, people are invited to unplug from their digital devices and to reconnect with nature, other people, and themselves. In this interview, we talk about what unplugging actually is and how you can get involved in the National Day of Unplugging. So let's not wait any longer. Let's welcome Tanya Shevitz from Reboot. And, and actually yours was the first organisation I found that was focused on unplugging. Can you tell us a little bit a bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So we're, um, yeah, we have the National Day of Unplugging. It's in its sixth year. And I do think you're right that we kind of hit it right at the point at which people were starting to really think about this, where it became a tipping point in the balance of the use of technology. Um, and so our National Day of Unplugging is a project that is rooted in the Jewish tradition of Shabbat and the traditional day of rest, but that is designed to be, um, taken with a modern lens and and open to individual interpretation and for a broad audience. I mean, we recognize that everyone needs a day of rest, you know, and and a respite from the deluge of technology that is coming right at us all the time right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, with this recognition that basically people were overwhelmed with the expectation that you would respond to every bing, beep vibration um, of your phone, like basically be at the ready to take a call or be responsive at 24 seven, that there needed to be a change. Um, and like I said, I think we were at the cusp of this, you know, but um, since then, I think there's been a lot of discussion about this and a lot of um, media attention to it um, because we have reached this tipping point where um Technology is now controlling us, really, instead of us um, having control over it. So, you know, people, you walk down the street and everyone's got their phones in their hands just all the time. There was this funny video recently um, of a guy who ran into a bear on the street. Like there was a bear roaming around and there was a helicopter, a news helicopter, watching the bear roaming around the suburban neighborhood. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, there's this guy. He's looking at his phone. And he just ran literally right into the bear because he didn't even notice. And I think that that's the case now is that people just always have their faces buried in their phones. And there's no more of this kind of spontaneous conversation on the street at the bus stop or when you're sitting and waiting at a bar for a friend. You know, you're not chit-chatting with the person next to you. You're now, you immediately pull out your phone. Um, And so I think that people... Um, are recognizing that we're losing something in society from
0: this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting. So, I mean, how many people now are part of this National Day of Unplugging or, or the Reboot organization?
1: Um, well, with the National Day of Unplugging, we've had an incredible reach that has just grown um, tremendously. Last year, we had um, more than 14,000 tweets that reached um, almost 30 million people. We had over... Um, 500 um, media stories, broadcast, and um, news stories about it. Um, So it had incredible reach. You know, it reached hundreds of millions of people. But in terms of the actual people who, you know, we know did something, um, we partnered with 200 um, organizations around the world, who held events that reached 15,000 people. So we know directly people were reached, you know, 15,000 people were directly reached by this. But there were many more who just went to our website or um, did it on their own, just heard about it on the media. It's hard, you know, to exactly have a number of the people who are um, participating. But um, we just think that the reach is growing incredibly as people are just feeling this pressure, you know. And we have this project um, on our website now where we have people... I don't know if you can see this. We have people um, who hold up signs that say, I unplug too, and then they fill in their message. This guy said, I unplug to learn. And this was actually taken at an event um, where I ran a photo booth and had hundreds of people come and take these photos. People just love to come and unplug and tell you what they like (laughs) to do. Um, And so we have on our our site hundreds, um, or actually over a thousand, I think at this point, of photos of people who have uploaded um, their pictures.
0: That's amazing that... um it's a global movement, you know, that actually around the world, people are starting to feel this angst, uh, you know, kind of information overload and device overload. And that's absolutely amazing. And also in a very tech savvy um, place like, like San Francisco, right? Um, yeah,
1: right. In it, San Francisco, of course, we have, you know, it's the, it is the thing of the moment, um, but it is all over the world. I mean, we had, you know, a tremendous number of countries all over the world, like tiny little places, um sign on to our website um and i mean i remember i remember a couple years ago even already um i got an email from um india from mumbai and um someone saying oh you know we heard about your project and we we are holding an event and we wanted to get some information you know more information and let you know about it um and i was like wow you know i mean that was (laughs) the first recognition that like this was really we hadn't reached out to them they were coming to us um so I do think that people are just searching for some solution and some balance. And our message isn't at all that technology is bad. I mean, of course, technology has done tremendous things for society and is a huge benefit and connects us in many ways. I mean, look at us. We're right now Skyping, Absolutely. you know, when we're across the world. Um, but it's more it, our message is really to be mindful of your use and make sure that you achieve a balance so that you do take some breaks and that you make sure to make eye contact with people and you have unplugged time where you're having, you know, dinner or a glass of wine or you're playing a board game with your kids, you know, just spending some time when you're unplugged. And that's important for yourself even so as well. So it's not even just connections with other people. It's having downtime for yourself. So I had this one guy say to me, it was a reporter actually, who was writing a story and he said that he had noticed that on Sundays, he picks up his New York, Sunday New York Times, and he used to just sit and read for hours. And now, you know, every five minutes, he stops, and he checks his Facebook, and he checks his email. He's like, oh, my gosh, I need to, like, put away the phone to read the paper, because it's just, I'm distracted all the time. And I think that's become the case for many people. So it's just um, shifting your mindset, really, to being aware and making the effort.
0: So this this is totally fascinating. And Is this something that you found yourself? Is this one of the reasons why you came to Reboot, that you started to to feel this angst and the technology closing in on you and you wanted to do something about it?
1: Um, Well, I've been working for Reboot. I was part of Reboot. I've been part of Reboot for um, a decade, but I started working Mm. for them. I was actually a reporter um, at the San Francisco Chronicle um, Mm. for a long time and then um, started working at Reboot. And um, so I came into Reboot, which had this project, was started actually right when I... I didn't develop the project. Right when I started at Reboot, it was launching. Um, So I've been involved since the beginning. And um, it has certainly made me more aware of my use of technology and the impact, especially on my children. I have two children, 11 and six. And um, I think that's where it's so important, especially in today's world, is being aware of the impact on kids. Um, And so for me... I try very hard not to be on the phone, um, when I'm around them, unless, you know, there's an emergency going on, but I really, I don't take calls from friends or texts from friends. You know, occasionally I'll check my work email if I'm even if, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about on work times, I'm talking about off work times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're doing something else, but I really try not to pull out the phone. And my youngest son you know a call will come in, and he'll just go decline and he'll press the red because he knows now at this point, I don't pick it up anymore when I'm with them because my feeling and this is um, there's a psychologist um Katherine uh, Adair Steiner, who um has said that kids feel second importance to their parents' digital devices, and that if you are in conversation or doing something with your children or with anyone. And the phone rings and you pick it up. Your message to them is anyone in the world is more important than you. You know, oh, this, this device rings and I take it, you know, even though we were engaged in conversation. And so it certainly has made me much more aware. And I've probably become slightly annoying to my husband and friends because um, I try not to be judgmental about it because everyone, you know, has their reasons. Um, and people do have to train themselves. But I try to remind them, like, hey, we're in a moment here together. And, like, can you be present um, and so I just think it 's so important, so absolutely it 's made a difference in my life for mm-hmm. sure um, and my family now takes all well most of our vacations unplugged. I try really hard um to uh, have our digital devices put away and it's It really makes a difference
0: How do you actually find that when you do kind of go unplugged i mean when you, I guess when you go on holiday that 's like going cold turkey isn 't it how do, <laughs> how, do, how, do, how do like you you know yourself and, and the kids especially how do they find that?
1: Um, Well, so it's uh, different for all of us. So for me, I would say the daily thing, I actually do feel more anxiety about. So when I, you know, pick my kids up and I am without the phone, I am, you know, like I'm a little nervous sometimes. I'm wondering, you know, and it's just because you have this dopamine rush when you get, you know, that little red dot on Facebook or a text. So I am like, oh, who's texting or who's, you know, what am I missing? But I just, I, I make a real effort not to touch it. But I feel it. I feel anxiety. And I do feel the phantom buzzing or whatever, of, like, to my phone just buzz, you know? Um, and I think that's very real. People very much feel that anxiety when they don't have their phones. Um during vacation after a day or so. So we just took a vacation for a week in, over Thanksgiving for my mom's 80th birthday. And I put the phone away and I did not touch it once. Like I didn't even take photos. In fact, we have almost no photos from the vacation <laughs> except for a few. My cousin took with an old school camera um, because I never touched it and it felt so good. And um, I was really anxious about getting back on. I didn't want to get back on because it felt so relaxed. I felt so relaxed. So after the week, I was like, oh, I don't want to get turn this thing back on. But I had to, obviously, for work. Um, but so I think once you try it and you really shut it off, um, after a few days, you feel good. You know, you let obviously you have to set it up. You can't just disappear. You, you know, my best friends knew I was gone. The people who knew I was with my family And my dad, who's not with us, um, he knew where we were and could call the location if he needed to reach us, you know. So you need to set it up if you're going to go completely off the grid. But if you're going to shut off for a couple hours, you just got to train the people in your lives. You know, I'm not always going to be reachable at the moment you call me. So it's about training the people around you. It's even about training um, your bosses. So if your boss, if you constantly respond to your boss, um, you know, at off hours, you know, you're writing back at 10 o'clock at night. Of course, your boss is going to expect that you're going to be online all the time. But if you start putting in some place, place some boundaries and, um, say, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be unplugged after seven o'clock, then they won't expect it. So it's very much about setting it up. Um, you asked about my kids though. Yeah. Right. So one of the reasons that I really focus on unplugging on our vacations is because I have an 11 year old who's totally addicted to video games. Okay. Um, and I am a pretty strict parent, um, and so he doesn't get it that often, you know, or he gets it, you know, minimally, very limited times, chunks. And um, but it's all he thinks about all the time. And honestly, we fight about it all the time okay. because it's that he's always like, when can I get it? Can I? It's like a drug. It really is like a drug crime. So when we go on vacation and have our unplugged vacations, it's off the table. So he can't even ask for it because it's not even an, a possibility. And so our it's we get along so much better because he doesn't. He's not thinking about it and he's able to like be more creative and think of other things to do. Um, and honestly, he's a nicer person when he's unplugged.
0: So. I want to go back. This uh, this is fascinating. And I really want to go back to one of the things you were saying about training pe- the people around you that um, mm-hmm. this is something that you're going to do because one of the questions I get all the time is, um, all right, this is fabulous, but what does a mindful um, experience or time away from technology look like? And you know, you mentioned just then that kind of talking to um, the close to the people around you and saying, look, you know, I'm going to be offline and contact me this way if it's really important. But what to you is kind of a mindful experience with technology?
1: Um, do you mean like what you do or what you're doing? When yeah, you're...
0: yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think it really could be anything for what it, you know, you should look within yourself. And I think that part of the problem is that people don't take the time to think, What's important to me? I mean, today in today's world, people never pause. They don't take a moment alone. There was a study out of Harvard and the University of Vermont where they put people in a nondescript room for six to 15 minutes. It was varied from subject to subject. And they said, you can sit in this room and be alone with your thoughts for this period of time, or you can shock yourself with this buzzer. And I think 42% of people shot themselves. And for men, it was more than um, it was a majority of men who shot themselves, actually. And one guy shocked himself like 180 times or something like I mean, just people just are so unaccustomed to downtime and alone time that they um, they can't handle it. So I think one thing that's a meaningful, mindful, digital free experience is just sitting and thinking. I think that's important, you know drive and, you know, just look outside, you know, and, and think about the landscape in your life and just take some time to actually think about yourself. Take a hike, um, take up a hobby that's, you know, an unplugged hobby, you know, welding or, um, crocheting or pottery or whatever it is that you're into. I mean, it could be anything at all. Um, you know, set up times, you know, dates with your friends or, you know, or regular dates. Um, you know, it really depends what, um your situation is, but I think there are so many possibilities that people just don't even um think about anymore. People are not used to being bored and having to come up with things to do so I think it's a it's a good practice you know to just take some time um some mindfulness time and and I am not a person like I hate yoga because I sit there and I think the whole time like... Oh my god this is so slow. I need to be working out more. I'm waiting, you know, I have an hour, I don't have many hours in my day and so like I don't I need to sweat and then the 10 minutes at the end where it's like the ohm or whatever. It's terrible for me because I'm always like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy like da, da. but it is important for people to figure out what is their relax time. And for me I do, I do occasionally an exercise class that's a little more intense than yoga, but that's like, that's really, I'm, I'm totally unplugged and my mind is just racing. I'm always doing the wrong, like I have my hand the wrong way because I'm like thinking and it's like, wow, that's the only time in my day where I get time for myself that I get to think and it's powerful. Like I really notice it.
0: Uh You mentioned earlier that, um, that around the world, there are these other events that take place during the national day of um, unplugging. And And you mentioned that with your family that, you know, you and your son, you you get on better when there is no technology (laughs) around. And what's the effect that you've seen on kind of global communities once they start to unplug? Um,
1: Well, we so, um, yeah, we've had some incredible um, experiences. experiences. We've seen some incredible things from some of the events we've held. So we held... um, uh we every year we hold an unplug um SF event here. Um and also we do one in LA, Unplug LA with an organization called Digital Detox. Um and they do unplugged retreats and an unplugged summer camp for adults. Um and um I was so the people come in and they have to check their cell phones at the door, and then they come in, there are all these analog activities, crafts. It's really fun to see these adults getting into making pet rocks, and like it's really funny. But they're board games and crafts and um dancing and a tea lounge and all stuff. And we do this uh the photo booth, the the, uh unplugged photo booth. But at that I was standing in line once at the restroom and these two young women were in front of me and they were just standing there and everyone's standing there sort of uncomfortably because they don't have their phones, right? And so this one woman says to another one, like, Okay, so normally I'd pull out my phone right now. What am I what are we supposed to do? And then the other girl said, like, I guess we're supposed to talk to each other. And I was just like laughing because it was it couldn't have been scripted better, right? This was exactly. And then they started chatting and they started talking about what they'd been doing earlier in the night and what they're doing later. And the one woman said she was going to a concert later. And then the other one said, oh, I love that band. And she's like, oh, come along. And like this friendship was forged that normally would not happen because they would have had their phones out. They're uncomfortable, you know. And it was incredible to see. Um, and another party, we held an unplugged party at South by Southwest, which is, um, in the digital portion oh, of it. Cool. And, um, we had uh, 150, 200 people come in for a couple hours and be unplugged. And this one woman came out afterward and she said, oh my gosh, that was amazing. My friends and I had conversations we never would have had with our phones, you know? So it's just, it's powerful to see. And it's not that those people, you know, probably went and like unplugged all the time, but they were more, they probably realized like, I can be without my phone and maybe it's enjoyable to actually sit down at a bar or a dinner with friends unplugged. So hopefully they recreated it at least occasionally. And some people, you know, do come out of this experience and decide I'm going to unplug weekly, you know, for 24 hours. or I'm going to unplug every night for dinner or, you know, um, and that's. The message we set is, or we put out is like, set a goal that's achievable for you. You know, certainly don't say, like, oh, the National Day of Unplugging is these 24 hours and I can't do that. So I can't do this at all. It's like, okay, you know, if you can take an hour unplugged dinner with your spouse, partner, friend, or family, like, that is awesome. That's a win. That's great for you. And then, you know, build it. Like, come home and put your phone away for a while in a drawer or something and take some time and read the paper or whatever it is just set achievable goals for yourself, you know, um, and try to keep it up.
0: This, it really sounds like what you're encouraging people to do is to get into their bodies more. No, like to, to, to really, for example, taste food, to use your hands, to touch things, to sense the environment. That's really what it sounds like. You're encouraging people to do more to put the screens down and do that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like, think about the food today. What do, what do we do with it? We Instagram it, right? <laughs> we're, not, we're not really yes. concerned with, like, oh, how it tastes. It's like, how does it look? Um, even my son just recently, he doesn't have a cell phone, but he took my phone. He's like, oh, i was placing this. I made macaroni and cheese, you know, casserole or something. And placed a fork, and he, like, took the. I'm going to Instagram that. He doesn't even have an Instagram account, but obviously everyone's talking about that now. And so, and I, and of course, he didn't actually eat the food. So it's really, and so, because he's <laughs> So you know, it is like about in, it taking the world in you know and I, I remember reading an article where um it was actually the walkman that first started to disconnect us from the world around us and hearing like birds and the traffic and like walking down the street and actually hearing what's going on and now you know I mean everyone's got their their buds earbuds in and their and they're texting at the same time and you're absolutely not um taking in the your community and so it's really about like Sometimes, not all the time, but just sometimes, taking those earbuds out, walk down the street, notice, talk to your neighbors, say hi to random people, pet that dog, you know, just take some time to take it all in.
0: <clears throat> this really, because obviously, myself and you, I'm sure, certainly for me, I grew up in the age when there wasn't so much technology around, <laughs> right? You know, I would, my mother would just send me and my brother out to go and go and scrape our right. knees and play football, and so. I've actually seen all of this technology kind of start to swamp us all. And and I know, I often say to my friends that, you know, if we had Facebook when we were kids, um, it would just be a disaster because it's so compelling and so addictive to use. And, and I can see it certainly with my nieces and nephews and other kids. But what what effect do you think that a digital device is having on families in general?
1: Yeah. Well, it's having a huge impact, really. And um, I mean, so there are two parts to it. It's the kids that they have grown up, like you said, just completely connected all the time and they don't run outside. And it's, for me, a total heartbreak that my kid isn't running, just running outside and playing all day. I mean, I was gone for like 12 hours or whatever when I was a kid, just and my mom would, you know, yell for lunch and yell for dinner, a time to come in. And, um, And well, we live in the city, so my kid, you know, he's too young to really run free anyway. Just the fact that that's not what he would do, even if you if you drive through the suburbs, you don't see kids on the street. They're all inside playing the video games, you know, or, or on the technology. And the difference in um, from when we were young, too, is that, well, we had TV and sure, certainly, you know, that was somewhat addictive. It didn't go with you everywhere. So you see kids everywhere they go. They've got their cell phones. They're sitting at the cafe together. They're walking down the street together. They've got their cell phones. So that's one thing is that it's disconnecting them from each other. And also they're not learning um, the same conversation skills as we did as um, children. There was a study actually recently that um, had two groups. And they sent one group of kids away to camp for a week where they had no technology. And then one group of kids, they were just in their normal lives with technology. The group that came back after just a week could read social cues, facial cues, much better than the other group. Um, And that's how tremendous the impact is, you know, and kids today, you know, they sit next to each other in the car in the backseat and they text each other instead of talking. I mean, they don't want their parents to know what they're saying, but still it's like there is definitely something lost in communication When you're texting, I mean, we've all had the situation where you text something and the meaning doesn't come across, right, or you email something, and that's something you have to learn, you know, face to face. So that's one part that's really, I think, impacting um, kids. But in terms of families, it's absolutely um, devastating in some cases. You know, I mean, right now it's shifting our whole family dynamic. Um, I've been; my husband's a teacher, and I went in to speak with his eighth-grade students. But I've spoken with other students just two weeks ago. I spoke with some teens who all said the same thing: their parents are completely ignoring them. So we, as parents, are um, so concerned with controlling our kids' technology. Right? Like I was saying, like my kid gets very little tech. You know. Uh, screen time and video game time, but we as parents aren't um, in general thinking about limits on our own technology. So we, you know, we pick our kids up from school, we're on the Facebook, we're on the um, texting, we're on the phone, Um, and these kids were saying to me, one kid after another, and these are kids, you know, who um, are, it's not like their parents are, It's these are parents who are spending a lot of money on their education. So they're they spend a lot of time thinking about their kids, but they're not actually with their kids. Right. So they like they're I'm calling it the helicopter parents who aren't actually there. My friend um, coined that, like, so we're all helicopters, but we're not actually present helicopter parents. but We're not present. So these parents, the kids were saying one after another, the kids were saying, uh, you know, I go up to my dad and I try to talk to him, and he, and he's on his Facebook and he's on his email, and he completely ignores me, and I walk away and I just feel completely alone. I mean, it was heartbreaking to hear. This wasn't one kid; this was the entire class, kid after kid was like, "Oh, I have this," you know, and my mom is on her Facebook the whole time during dinner, and like it was just. Awful to hear, and these were teenagers. And teenagers don't want to want their parents on them all the time. So if teenagers are saying they feel ignored by their parents and mm-hmm. really disconnected by the technology, then imagine what the younger kids are feeling. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really something that people have to pay attention to. And I went, I said to these kids, please go home and tell your parents this, because how could any parent hear this from you and not try to make a change at least?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you? Do you think then, to flip it over, do you think mindfulness, this kind of quality of um, connecting to nature and connecting to each other at a deep level and kind of being calm and focused at the same time, do you think that can be built into, into a machine? So do you think, for example, we can have healthy digital experiences or do you think it requires that kind of balance to really put the screens down for a period of time and then leave them and then come back?
1: Well, I mean, there's absolutely healthy digital experiences. I mean, um, there are so many ways like that um, digital technology can help you. I mean, look at the Fitbit or whatever. I mean, or even just, um, you know, website. There are so many ways technology can be helpful and healthful and useful, but it's just a balance. I mean, it really is a balance. I mean, anything in an extreme is not healthy for you, right? Sugar, alcohol, drugs, anything. Um, So it's just being mindful of that balance and, and trying to... Um, make sure that you're not overdoing
0: it. Sure, sure. So how so? How is the um, how's the un, the day of um, of being unplugged? How's that catching on in a very tech savvy city like California, like San Francisco? <laughs>
1: Um, it's. I mean, it's tremendous here, you know. So uh, it's coming up. It's the. It's um, March sixth and seventh, two thousand fifteen, and we're planning for this Unplug SF party on March sixth. And you know, it's all um, the people who are coming to that party. They're all young people, very connected. Many of them working for tech companies, um, and they absolutely love it. I think that people are recognizing, you know, that they have an overload. So, um, and Digital Detox, this organization that we partner with, they very much have a lot of tech people coming to their retreats, you know, from all the top tech companies. Um, And there's even there have been several articles about um, kind of the tech titans sending their kids to Waldorf school or limiting, you know, not having a computer at home for their kids or, you know, really recognizing that there has to be a break. So I think that it it is catching on, and I think, even more so here because it is so overwhelming and so ever-present and so people, um, you know, recognize they need a break. I mean, there was, a, of course, a real backlash here against Google Glass, so, um, I mean, there are some p- p- political things built in with that because of how the city is changing, but um, I think people recognize that, you know, just walking around with literally a computer on your face the entire time is taking it too far.
0: That's really interesting that it's, mainly tech people who are sending their kids, you know, to these Waldorf schools or are really interested in unplugging, you know, the very people that are creating the technologies are <laughs> recognize the need to step away from it, which is something I'm not sure that other people have, that sense that actually do you know what, we need to kind of step away from this a <laughs> little bit.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's mainly tech people, but I think, but there has been, have been these articles about a lot of tech people being aware of it. And I think it maybe is because they see how powerful it is and recognize that there have to be some limits, you know. Um, And it's not to say that they aren't teaching their kids coding or sending them to coding camps or I'm sure they're, you know, they're making sure their kids are up to speed on all this, but it's just, they recognize there needs to be a balance. So um, I think that that's a powerful message for all of us.
0: Absolutely. I
1: think that most people – I would. I, I think that a lot of people don't think about it at all until it's kind of really in their face. And then when they hear this, like, oh, oh, yeah, maybe I should take a break. Like, I mean, I see that when I talk to people about it and they're like, oh, I haven't even thought about that. And then, um, you know, it really makes them um, – take a pause. This weekend I ran, um, a craft for kids, um, at a JCC where I had people making, kids making family cell phone sleeping bags. And, um, this one dad came up with his daughter and he was like, Oh my gosh, we totally need this. My wife is totally addicted. And he said to his daughter, he said, who's mommy's best friend. And she was like, she's like six and she's like her phone. Oh and God. so, yeah, it was, I was like, Oh, Ooh, I'm glad to that wouldn't be my kid. Like that was painful to hear. Um, and so, uh, I think that people, you know, are just reaching the point where they recognize like when they, when they see a booth like that, or someone tells them about it, they, they think, oh gosh, yeah, we do have a problem. And I'll have couples come up to me at my photo booths where I say, Hey, do you want to take an unplugged photo? You know, tell us what you like to do when you unplug. And then the woman will say, or the man, I mean, it could go either way oh, he really needs it. And he'll be like, what do you mean? She's like, you're always on your phone and then a fight starts, you know, because <laughs> because it's an issue. And lots of therapists are seeing couples coming in talking about this issue of um, digital overload and someone, you know, in the relationship um, always being on the phone and, and disconnecting from the relationship or the partner or the family.
0: And it's that same sense of disconnection that that you you described earlier that a child would feel when he gets supplanted by a parent being on the phone, right? The couples feel the same sense of disconnection, right?
1: absolutely, in a relationship. I mean, imagine, you know, you're at dinner and, I mean, you see it all over the place. You're at dinner and one person, it's not many times now, both are on the phones just so they're not talking and they're both scrolling through. And often they're scrolling, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, the head of this company and I've got to check this email. They're scrolling through Facebook. So it would be, you know, again, no judgments, but it's like taking the time to think, you know, maybe that's not, this is not the time and the place. And I think that, as a society, like our um, norms and what's um, ex- expected or um, allowed, um, has has really shifted. So acceptable, what's what's acceptable has really shifted in society today. So now it's totally acceptable to be talking with one person and scrolling through your Facebook or texting someone else. And I mean, you that just seems bizarre that that is okay, that that's normal. Um, behavior you know and that's the message we're sending to our kids that that's totally polite and or not polite but that's acceptable that you could do this Mm
0: -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so what is the one thing that you would that you would leave with our audience today what's the one thing that they could do to kind of have a healthful digital experience would you say
1: Well, I would urge everyone to really take stock of their use of digital devices and think, when is one time this week I can put away the phone for an hour, you know, or two hours or however long. I mean, 30 minutes, however long it can be, Um, and really then try that and see how it feels and um, try it again and try it again again and try to grow it um, and just set aside sometimes. And it doesn't have to be a regular time, you know, like I do it when my kids get home, but um, it could be like, okay, I know that once a week I'm going to take a dinner or um, take a hike that's going to be unplugged, but it doesn't have to be like every Sunday or every, whatever, just work it into your life. I feel like it really needs to be open to individual interpretation to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would urge people to take stock of their digital devices and see what works for them. I I, like, I, would, like I would guess that few people would say, "Oh, I'm totally like I'm totally in control." I mean, I think, and if they are saying that, it's likely that they um, aren't seeing it.
0: I like that. It's the way that you described it just then. It's very much as if this is a, it's a practice. You no, know? it's something that you that you that one builds into their life, and it's actually not about leaving the technology completely. It's about just regaining that, that sense of control and right. balance.
1: Absolutely, like. absolutely.
0: Fantastic. And
1: I think having a discussion with the people around you is so powerful. You know, if people, um, you know, talk to the kid, the their kids, or they talk to their friends about this, I think it would be it's great. You know, I, I was speaking with these teens, and they said um, that they um, they sit around and like you know all their friends have their phones out, and so. This is like one girl said, I don't I don't always want to have my phone up, but everyone has their phones out. So I feel like it's like a domino effect. You have to, what are you going to do? You're sitting there by yourself. So it's like if she brings it up with them, like, hey, let's try, you know, to be at the cafe today without our cell phones. Or do the cell phone stack where everyone puts their cell phone in the middle um, and the first person to touch it has to pay. I said with teens, maybe they should do like, they can't pay. So maybe have them do something embarrassing, like have to do a little dance in the middle of a cafe or something like that if they touch the phone. But just like... engage in a conversation with the people around you about the digital use because I think that helps everyone um, recognize the impact on themselves and around on the people around them.
0: When you say that you've spoken to a lot of teenagers about this, um, is that something that, I mean, do you have your reboot hat on? um, So that, you know, like, do they kind of like feel led into the question or do it, is that something that's really, that you find that's coming up with them, that actually they do feel the need to want to disconnect and to, you know, or rather reconnect with other people and with nature and with um, their parents, et cetera.
1: Um, Well, mostly it's been, I had my re- I've had my reboot hat on like, I'm at an event. But there are, I mean, I certainly engage people in this conversation everywhere I am, you know. Um, like I said, I'm slightly annoying, but try not to be <laughs> preachy, you know. I just try to like, I just try to engage people in the conversation. But um, so with the teens, mostly it's conversation, but I usually start out the conversation saying, have any of you ever been ignored by someone on a phone, and they all raise their hands. And I say, have any of you ever ignored someone um, while you were on your phone? And they all raise their hands. And so then it starts the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I usually ask about their parents. Do their parents put limits on their technology? Do their parents limit their own? And that's when all that stuff comes out. So, I mean, it really, it's... But I just have to ask those few questions and then blah, they, are, they want to talk about it. I mean, you know, I had an hour long conversation with two sessions of teenagers two weeks ago and it was just so powerful and just wonderful to hear them thinking about it and talking about it and, you know, hopefully making a change.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much. I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or share with our audience today?
1: Um, I think that's it. I just encourage people to really, you know, embrace it and try the national, try it on the National Day of Unplugging. you, know, you can go to our website, um, unplugging dot com, to check it out and get more information.
0: Brilliant. And when is the National Day of Unplugging again?
1: Um, March sixth and seventh. It starts at sundown, um, March sixth.
0: Brilliant. Well, Tanya, Tanya Shevitz, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. This has been wonderful.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tanya as much as I did. If you want to learn how to unplug and reboot, then check out nationaldayofunplugging.com. If you'd like to get the show notes for this episode where you can get the links to all of the websites Tanya and I were talking about, then go to digitalmindfulness.net forward slash blog and you can get all of that information right now. That was such a cool and inspiring episode. I hope it hits the nail right in the head for some of you. I'd love it if you had a second to leave a review on iTunes. These reviews go a long way in terms of exposure, helping new people come along and see that the show is worthwhile and it helps me stay motivated. I want you to leave an honest review, so if you have some criticisms, please just let me know. I read every single one of those reviews. They automatically come to my email and I'm super excited to read them. If there's criticism, then I look at them and I apply those things if they're reasonable and justified. I'm always learning, I'm not perfect and I keep moving forward. Thank you once again for the inspiration you've given me over time. I hope that this episode has inspired you in some way, shape or form. Until then, stay safe. Thanks, guys.